This paid commercial may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Radio. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Radio does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a chef for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway, and together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, except Nikki Nellis is not here. She's out in San Diego in La Jolla, somewhere out there, with Amber Fowl, our good friend, who is the PR restaurant PR person to the stars around here. And uh, Amber's celebrating her 40th birthday today, so she's officially old. But, wow. Jason wow. Nellis is That's in. Bold strategy. Jason, <laughs> Jason, like his father, is a, um, is a uh, foodie in training uh, under Nikki's tutelage. And Sam Nellis, who's the assistant general manager at the Red Hen, is in as well. And Tessa Nellis is here, too, kibitzing the action. We've got a great show. Uh, as usual, Mike Koch, who's the executive director of Fresh Farm Markets, is on the phone waiting to... Tell us what's going on in the markets today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. little allergy stuff there. So, Osteria Marini's executive pastry chef, chef, Alex Levin, was in here when he first started at Marini. Uh, he has become even more celebrated and more popular. Uh, he's the 2016 Ramy winner of uh, Top Pastry Chef awardee. Um, and he's also a great guy. Beloved here, and is here in studio with a talk and taste of something very special coming up at Marini, where they'll celebrate the Jewish New Year holiday of Rosh Hashanah uh, this October with a holiday shop with his breads and desserts and all kinds of nosh items that you can actually buy on site, order to go, all kinds of stuff. You'll hear more about that. And uh, here's another place that the Nellises have a connection, Arcadia. <laughs> is a nonprofit organization, an organic farm on the grounds of Alexandria's Woodlawn Estate. Um, we have a good connection there because another Nellis son, Eli, spent, uh, got about six months shoveling horse poo or cow poo <laughs> out in the fields to make them fertile for this organic farm. I hope he's listening and heard uh, you call that out. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Arcadia's whole sort of raison d'etre is to create a more equitable and sustainable food system across the area. Uh, Pamela Hess, who's Arcadia's executive director, and Vermilion's executive chef, Will Morris, uh, uh, Vermilion's owned by Neighborhood Restaurant Group and, and Arcadia's founder, Michael Babin, that was really his vision. They're in to talk about what they've got going on in general, but specifically what they do to help um, uh, uh, veterans of the armed forces take care of themselves when they get back home and get into farming. Uh, and they also, the third annual Farm Harvest, farm, farm I can't even say it, third annual Fall Harvest, Farm dinners coming up. We've attended those. They are awesome. So we'll hear about that. Epicureans is back. October 15th. This is a day-long, they call it an edible showcase at the barn at One Loudon. Uh, it features Virginia's best wines and cuisine, wine seminars. You've got Top Chef cooking demos uh, of, of multiple-time guests. I'm not saying it right, but Brian Voltaggio, who is a great chef. Bolt, family meal, range. He's going to be out there doing cooking demos. Um, and Amy Henkel is in, uh, Christy Guest is in to tell us all about that, and so, so is Tony Stafford, who brought in 
Oysters. Mm. God bless you, mate. All right. Yum. And Hola Amigos Tapa Bar is a new casual upscale restaurant, uh, Spanish restaurant that opened in Bethesda. Chef Alonso Roche and his brother Alvaro Roche are in to tell us about it. These guys are really interesting because, I mean, they were like fine artists in uh, other fields and they decided to go into cooking. Uh, and last but never least, uh, this is your sixth time on the show? Like that. God bless. Jordan Harris is in. He's the winemaker at Tarara, and we've got sips and uh, chatter about their latest releases. But I also want to talk about the article that was in the Post today, uh, Virginia's Wine Squeeze, which claims that Virginia winemakers can't keep it on the shelf, which sounds good for you. Yeah. And also, he's going to have another baby, so we're going to hear about that. So let's start with <laughs> Well, his wife is. Yeah. I, although he's, he looks great. Although he's a good-looking guy. If anybody could do it, Jordan could do it. Uh, let's talk to Mike Cook. Mike, are you there? I'm here. How you doing? Uh, we're doing great. So the markets, it's a beautiful day. Tell us what's going on at the markets. Oh, my gosh. It's gorgeous. You can really feel fall in the air, and the sunshine has brought everybody out. The temperatures are beautiful. So um, what I want to talk about uh, today, David, is the Fresh Farms Feast. We're really excited. The, uh, you know, Fresh Farms Feast is D.C.'s original farm-to-table gala, and uh, it's coming up this year, and we're uh, upping our game and really uh, putting a laser focus on uh, the farmer. Uh, all the farmers that make these markets and our amazing uh, food scene happen in D.C. So we, we promised to feed you an unforgettable meal as well. It's going to be it's going to be absolutely delicious with um, uh, celebrity farmers paired with celebrity chefs, and um, it's going to be fantastic. I, I'm well, really you've got Jeremiah Langhorn from the Dabney, and there were on the Food and Wines Restaurants of the Year list, right? Am I yes, right about indeed. that? Yeah, yeah, I did Jeremiah, my homework. Uh, Jeremiah is a, a hero in terms of you know his local sourcing and relationships with uh, many of our farmers. So we're we're pleased to pleased to have him. And you know we're we're certainly not going to do a full uh, vegetarian meal, but we're um, doing what I think is is pretty newsworthy and moving meat um, from its traditional place at the center of the plate, and we'll make it a, a, a supporting uh, actor. Uh, just to really focus on the wonderful uh, vegetables that are raised in the Mid-Atlantic Food Shed and, you know, to get folks thinking about mindful protein choices. So um, well, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. The timing's great because you're right, you know, in the dead center of the harvest season. So let's make sure people know it's October the 18th and a great spot. Doc 5 at Union Market is such Tuesday, a cool location. October 18th. Yeah, it's uh uh, Tuesday, October 18th, and we're uh, offering uh, for the first time activist tickets, quote unquote, to those under 30. If there, uh, if there are any of those out there, and, <laughs> and uh, the 175, uh, which is uh, half of the regular ticket price. All right, and where do we get where do we get tickets? Uh, freshfarm.org forward slash feast. All the information there, along with a listing of farmers and food producers and chefs. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Have fun at the market today. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. So now let's talk to Jordan Harris. Jordan, here, you're going to share a mic with me? How are we going to do this? All right. So I, I think, first of all, even though you've been on a million times, let's give everybody kind of the quick 411 on Tarara. All right. Uh, we're a winery in northern Loudoun, just outside of Leesburg. Not just a winery, the, the greatest. The, the winery, absolutely. Really, is there another? Um, 
Uh, we also do the Boneyard label. Been around since 89, so one of the first up in Loudoun County. Pretty excited to uh, kind of see each year through. Yeah. Nice. And, and so you've got, I guess the first thing I want to ask about is the new releases. Sure, absolutely. So we got for a, um, a few different ones. So we're bringing out our single vineyards from the 2014 and 2015 vintage, probably my favorite years so far. Um, just really trying to showcase the individual sites in which we're getting the grapes from. We're actually harvesting the 2016 stuff from Bethany Ridge, which is what you guys just got from us here. Um, harvesting that today. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. All right. Um, well, we're going to keep sipping. We're going to come back to you every couple of minutes Absolutely. and chat about right. more stuff. Cool. Alex, you're up, man. Just briefly, Osteria Marini, if you haven't been there, I don't know why. It's on Water Street in Southeast. It's a gorgeous location. It's a beautiful restaurant. The food there is, I just had dinner there with a buddy of mine. Outstanding. Best ribeye I've had. Awesome. It was killer. Um, but it's an Italian restaurant, and yet we're going to be celebrating Rosh Hashanah with some of your pastries. So let's talk about that. So, you know, I'm, I'm a Jewish guy. I came from New York from a Jewish Who family. Who is isn't everyone here? If not, we'll convert you later, okay? <laughs> And Judaism means a lot to me, and it means a lot to me also to be able to provide this kind of offering, not just for holidays like for Christmas or for Thanksgiving, but why not for Rosh Hashanah and for the high holidays as well. And so we decided to put together this cool thing with challah bread, honey cakes, apple pies, things that are in the spirit of the holiday, other nosh as well. And basically, if you are interested... All you have to do is click, 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 get what you want, and me and my team are going to set it all up for you. So well, it takes it. Let's talk about the recipes because these are not, yes, they came out of you know your talented brain, but this goes back to mom and grandma too, doesn't it? My grandmother was my number one inspiration, and she was a huge organizer of major, major events at her home as a Rebbitzin and uh, made amazing chalot and also different cakes like honey cake for the holidays. So... I just wanted to be able to, you know, bring that to this community and empower all of the Jews of D.C. to say, you know what, why not have really delicious food on their tables as well? If I can help in any way, I want to be able to do that. All right. So let's talk about challah because I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, people buy it without really knowing what it is or what it signifies. What's the background on challah? How long have Jews been making challah? I think just basically since forever, and to be honest... Well, first there was matzah, baby. You well, get out of Egypt, no, you keep that, your bread flat, you, you move on. I, I don't know about that. I, I think I'm going <laughs> to call my rabbi first. and double-check that. The challah comes gonna, first because it doesn't rise. That's how you got matzah. That's how we got matzah. That's true. Yeah, but was it challah? I don't know. It may not have been challah. Were you there? Do you it, may, it may not have been challah. <laughs> Here's the thing. The, the, the challah that's so special in Rosh Hashanah is that it's round and circular. It's sweeter. It has more honey in it. Many times it has raisins, making it sweeter for the new year. And it's something that I think is on every Jewish table when you're, ha when you're having a, a celebration for the holiday. Uh, Friday nights also, you'll see it. Uh, it starts off every meal. Most Jewish meals start off with bread, and challah is going to be the bread that you're going to see at that beginning. All right, so what else is the shop? Is it, I mean, is the shop going to be limited to these two items or is it going to be a whole we, we want to be able to offer also apple pie uh for dessert and also we have our chocolate cakes from the restaurant which are very very popular they're called tortinos and they're filled with hazelnut milk chocolate i actually ganache. had that for dessert which is why i'm so fat that so was... honestly if i if i even put a picture of that up on social media sometimes we'll sell 60 or 70 of them in one night because they're so popular 
Uh, there's a whole following around those. And so we want to make sure that in people's homes, they can have as many of them as they want uh, when it comes to Sunday and Sunday night and Monday, Monday night and Tuesday for Rosh Hashanah as well. We also have toffee, which is a great little nosh thing to have as a side dish. And then we also are selling for the uh, for the offering just focaccia bread if somebody wants something a little different and a few other things as well. So, well, we're going to talk to you when we come back to from commercial. But, I mean, you – I want to talk about you because you started out – you went to Yale and you started out in finance. So was all of this locked inside you and the whole time you were doing it, were you doing it to make somebody happy or you just did it because you thought you should? I, I love doing all that, and, and I would never give up an opportunity to be a four-year college student at Yale. That was amazing. You know, leaving yeah, that Jason in- only went to Northwestern, and Sam only went to Ithaca. You guys, <laughs> we, we really missed Failures. <laughs> Complete failures. You know, I, I have such great friends from there, and the, the learning from there was amazing. And actually, all that stuff really comes into what I do today as well. But, I mean, were you working in New York and doing, you know, whatever, some sort of financial planning and going – Get me out of here. It got me into a place where I was managing a lot of people and companies, leading a company as its executive director. And now I just basically integrate all of my math skills into recipe development. And I think a lot about how I can utilize my overall management skills in the restaurant, which can be very useful there, too. All right. Well, we're going to come back and talk to you in a minute. We're talking to Alex Levin, who is the deeply intellectual and accomplished Executive pastry chef at Osteria Marini. This is David Nellis along with Jason Nellis, Sam Nellis, and Tessa Nellis. And we'll be right back on Foodie and the Beast. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by Black Restaurant Group. Come to Blackjack the second Sunday of the month for Jock Jams, a high-octane pop-up brunch with Cotton and Reed's Lucas Smith, and bartender Trevor Fry. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com. Get a heads up on the technology powering the federal government. Go to federalnewsradio.com, search Federal Tech Talk. Tried and true and brand new techniques for marketing to the federal government. Federalnewsradio.com. Search Amtower off-center. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is Roger Waldron, president of the Coalition for Government Procurement and host of Off the Shelf. My show brings a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Each week, I talk to experts from inside and outside government about the latest federal compliance and policy information for government contractors. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 11 a.m. for Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 a.m. or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search off the shelf. Foodie and the Beast with David, Nikki, Nellis. I want to send a special greeting out to Jordan Harris's mom, Julia, because she didn't know his wife's going to have another baby. Cat is out of the bag, Julia. Nice job. Congratulations, Grandma. All right, so so we're talking to Jordan Harris. Jordan, there was a big article, and you've done a lot of work uh, with Joan Nathan, who is she's a James Beard Award winner cookbook author, uh, all, uh, like a global resource on, on Jewish cooking. Tell us about that. So the article was a true honor, and I'm, you know, Joan is an icon, and I'm so glad to have been able to 
work with her on this. Um, for people that are not in the area, the honey cake that we worked on is in that article. The recipe is there, and you can you can certainly make it your, yourself at home. Um, if you're in the area and you're worried about getting access to the restaurant, you can also get delivery. We're doing that on Sunday from 1 to 5 next weekend. Um, and it's amazing to, to just be a part of such a great restaurant group like Altamorea Group and Osteria Marini that gives me a platform to be able to do these kinds of offerings for the community here in Washington. Well, it's and plus the location. You know, I actually walked that location, all of that when it was under construction, and there was no way to visualize how stunning it would be. And it's now a family. It's a, I mean, it's like a, it's a little city center. It's great. It's and really it's, beautiful. it's almost impossible to get in there now on Fridays and Saturdays because we are so busy. And it's amazing to see how that neighborhood has changed. Yeah. I mean, it's jammed with folks. All right. Well, let, let's do last thing. And that is tell everybody where Marini is physically. So 301 Water Street Southeast, right in uh, the area where Blue Jacket and the Vita in the yards. It's called the yards, but it's Navy Yard by the stadium. Come by. There's lots of places to park. Come eat. Come have I a mean, great time. There's a stunning water park right there, too. It's really pretty. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for coming back. All right. Let's go back to Jordan. Jordan, I wanted to ask, because we are in the harvest season now, what is climate change, the warm weather, 90 degrees, 10 days in a row, all of that doing to grapes? Uh, I mean, the, the heat at certain times is great for us. I mean, if it comes right now, we, we do want to cool down a bit now to hold on to some of the acidity. It, climate change is essentially just changing how we have to grow our grapes, and it's also going to change which varieties we can grow in certain areas. I mean, it's pretty impactful. For I us. mean, does it – let's talk about the impact cause, yeah. because, as you know, we keep setting record after record year after year for, for hot summers, dry summers too mm – -hmm. What's that doing to you? Are you planting different varietals? What are you doing? Yeah, certainly you've got to look at different varieties. So, I mean, as it starts getting hotter and hotter, it's going to mean there's less of the cooler climate things that need acidity. Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, those are going to become a little bit less out of favor, and you're going to have to start planting things that need hotter climate, so more Tanat, more Petit Mansang, um, stuff. What did like he just say? <laughs> I just different varieties. Yeah, but essentially, yeah, we need to change up the varieties that we do. Certainly. Remember, I'm the beast. The foodie's really. not here. <laughs> We're planting wine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, this was delicious. And you know what? I mean, I don't have the educated palate that Nikki does, but I'm tasting a lot of lemon in here. Am I crazy? Um, yeah, but yeah. not with the wine. Um, just you about know, you, Jordan. Just not crazy about you. Yeah, there, okay. there's, uh, there's certainly some citrus quotes. I mean, it's a Viognier, so it's going to show some exotic fruit as well as some citrus fruit. Um, definitely the variety that is known most for around Virginia at the moment. All right. Yeah. And it's not Vignonet, everybody. It's Viognier. What are you going to pour next? Uh, I just poured our Navai Red. So Navai is the name of our estate vineyard. Um, so the one that definitely I love because I get to walk around it with my dog and my kids every morning and have a good time. Just blend of Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, which is everything that we grow in the site. Um, just meant to showcase where we are. You just sit around like you know a crazy chemist all day and pretty much play with stuff. What a yeah, job! That and we drink too. <laughs> what a job! What a job! <laughs> Best job of all. That's how. You know, babies come along, too. That's you know that. Point. Right. Okay. All right. So we're going to move on now. Uh, what are you you're going to pour that, and we're going to get a taste? Oh, they've all Oh, they've all got it. I see how it is. No respect. All right. Um, 
Pamela Harris is Arcadia's executive director, and uh, Vermilion's executive chef is Will Morris. They're all part of Neighborhood Restaurant Group, which is a terrific group of, what, 17 or 18 restaurants at this point. Yeah, Iron Gate, Birch and Barley, Vermilion. Um, but Michael Babin, who is the CEO of Neighborhood Restaurant Group, had a vision for not just organic farming, but helping to feed. You know, you talk about folks who live, um, particularly in wards 7 and 8, don't have access to a lot of fresh, good produce. Uh, There are a lot of convenience stores there, but not a lot of full-service supermarkets. And he had an idea of growing... Well, we've and it's Sam. You were as, it, as a Ward Seven resident. No, yeah, you, but it's true. <laughs> there's, there's one. There's uh, one full grocery store east of the river. So one. Michael's thought was, people. I'm going to grow produce for my restaurants, but I'm also going to grow surplus produce and make it available to folks in the city so they can get fresh stuff. And th- and that's really how Arcadia got started. But now it's so much more. Pam, are you there with us? I am. Thanks. And um, I, I appreciate being there. I'm the executive director of, of Arcadia. Thanks for having us on. Well, let's talk wanna, about Arcadia's mission beyond what I just said, and particularly yeah. with regard to veterans. If I can gently correct you, um, we don't grow food for the neighborhood restaurant group. That's that's never really been what we do. Uh, we're much too small, first of all, to meet any of their needs. All of the food that we grow is destined for um, a, a one of three places. Our mobile markets, which uh, predominantly serve Ward 7 and Ward 8 with the fresh food that you were talking about. Our school programs, which are on-farm learning programs. And then if we have anything excess, it goes to the food pantry up the street. No, it was um, gentle. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, Earl, uh, a couple of years ago, when I when I joined Arcadia in '03, I came out of um, the national security journalism world. I was a reporter. I covered Iraq and Afghanistan, and um, and then I got into food journalism. And there was this beginning thing happening with military veterans coming back from the wars, and, and especially you know starting in '08, there was the recession, and veteran unemployment was really high. And at the same time, veterans then started discovering farming as a great occupation that um, really rewards what they're so good at, which is, you know, discipline and mission orientation. It also has a therapeutic value for anybody, but especially somebody who's been through some tough times in combat. Um, farming is a really good way to work work that out. So when I began with Arcadia, I sort of stepped into a place that was really ripe for this program. We are on a farm that was once um, cultivated by George Washington when he retired from the Continental Army. One of our board members is former Army. My colleague, Matt, our director of operations and the program director, has done um, farm, farm training programs for about 15 years. So I came in with an interest in veterans. And um, all of these things came together where last year we got a USDA grant to train military veterans to be farmers on our property. Um, the reason that I'm not with you today is that I have uh, 11 vets who are training with us now in Baltimore where we're touring different scales and sizes of farms. So we get together one weekend a month for an intensive training weekend of classroom and hands-on cultivation, and then usually we go visit other farms to study successful farm models. It's like being a member of the Arcadia National Guard. You're one, it basically one, is. It's yeah, um, one weekend a month, two weeks a year of extra farm labor. Well, let me ask this, and I want to make sure we have time to talk about the dinner um, as well, but why do vets want to be farmers? 
Do we need um, more farmers? I, I, yeah, I, that's rhetorically well, asked because I know we do. But Yeah, desperately. The USDA says we need 700,000 new farmers over the next 20 years to replace the farmers who are aging out of their profession. The United States has only created about 1,200 in the last two years. That's not a replacement rate. The military is turning out 200,000 new veterans every year, and these are the only Americans who are really tough enough for farming as a group. Um, and so the people that found us for our program are folks who most of them have been in combat. They don't want to go sit in a cubicle. They don't want to wear a tie. They want to be determining how they spend their time. They want variety in their day. They want um, self-determination. And they want the input that they put into something to equal what they get out of it, which is not always the case when you're making power. Now, that's a really good point. One, uh, we have a bunch of Nellis's in today, but their brother Max is a combat veteran, and there's no way he could do a desk job. He's got to be no. on the move. And, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. That's not an option. Wait. Oh, no. They're, they're implying that he's not smart enough. But no, no he is. No, <laughs> but he's I a man. He may, he, he's got to be in motion. And I get that. So let's kind of, Will, let me take you to the dinner. Um, this is the third annual fall harvest dinner, and I'm, I'll plug the date, October 9th. But uh, am I right that you were kind of at the, uh, yeah, at the so, uh, launch pad of this? So when I started with the group about four years ago, I talked to Mr. Babin, who um, is the owner of NRG. You can call him Michael. It's okay. Michael. Um, and, 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 and I wanted to do a dinner uh, to benefit veterans. Um, and this is, uh, you know, he pretty much gave me carte blanche to do whatever I wanted. And he said, well, hey, you know, we have Pam Hess who's doing this. She's a wartime uh, journalist. She has connections. Let's start this program with the veteran veterans. Uh, so it, it was a kind of a catalyst for the for to start this program uh, to to do the veteran farmers, um, and we started doing this dinner to fundraise for it and to 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 gain awareness. But uh, let's the dinner is out in a field and it's I it's mean, right it's, on it's right on the, the lawn of Woodlawn Plantation. The setting it's is beautiful. Gorgeous. It's it's about. We we have about 150 people, um, two beautiful long tables. Uh, I've got uh, a awesome group of chefs that always volunteer. Why don't you hit them? Um, so you know we've got uh, this year we've got Jesse Miller coming, uh, Hyder Karoom, uh, Harper McClure, um, John Critchley's coming too. John right? Critchley is coming. Uh, I got Zach Mills coming from Wit and Wisdom, um, and then uh, to top it off to end the night we've got Dog Tag Bakery. Uh, they're they're donating and Dog Tag Bakery is, is an we've awesome, had them on the show. You know, they're another stuff. and and they're veteran owned and operated. Uh, so you know this is this is uh, something to, to that I was very passionate about. I had a friend of mine that was medically retired. Uh, my father is is a, is a combat veteran, and I saw everything that they did uh, to gain employment and to have happiness. And you know, it's just I see these veterans coming back, and I was like, you know, we got to do something. Uh, we have to help, you know, they, they, they are, uh, they're paying the sacrifice for us. Uh, so let's get them, let's give them an education, not give them a handout, but let's give them an education and let's get this farm dinner so we can fundraise and, 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 uh, you know, keep this program going and so growing. Let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty date, time, place, website to buy tickets, cost, all of that. Pam. Yeah. It's um, uh, October 9th. We start at 4 o'clock um, on the farm with farm tours and cocktails, and then we sit down to dinner around 5 o'clock. 
The tickets are available if you go onto Eventbrite and look up Arcadia, they'll pop right up. Or you can go to our website, www.arcadiafood.org, and you'll see it over on the right-hand side. There's a link with a flyer for everything that you need for, for the dinner. We are steadily running out of tickets. Um, I think there's only about 35 left, so if anybody wants them, they should order them today. We always see a big run on tickets the last couple of weeks. Um, it's a great, great night. There's there's no more beautiful way to spend an evening than on the farm. And it's rain or shine, right? Because I think we were out there one year when it rained and we were just tented. I mean, yep. it was. Yep, that's yeah. correct. That is yeah. correct. We're, we're getting, uh, we are getting tents. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a fun day. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's um, really just a, a, an upscale uh, barbecue cooked by a bunch and of awesome chefs. The food chefs. was crazy good. Crazy good. So, anyways. Uh, let's make sure we go to the give the website once more, Will, just to make sure. Um, you can go through ArcadiaFood.org, or you can uh, contact Vermilion, uh, and we can give you the information. Um, and if you don't make it to there, you can always come in and have a farm dinner, which also benefits everybody. Let's do um, it. At Vermilion. All right. So. Support our vets. Uh, this is David Nellis with Jason Nellis, Sam Nellis, and Tessa Nellis taking over for Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. And we'll be back after these words. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast, to work hard, to do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling, we have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. If you've ever worked for a large company that provides services to a customer, at some point you may have said, Huh, I think I might be able to do this better on my own. Well, this is a show for people who actually take the step off the ledge and fend for themselves in the cutthroat world that is government contracting. I'm Alan Scott of Columbia Technology Partners and host Ready to Prime. Part information, part inspiration, and all small business. Heard the last Tuesday of every month on Federal News Radio 1500 AM or on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search Ready to Prime. According to the American College of Cardiology, if you have heart disease, it's important to take a strong role in your own care. You and your doctor should manage your health condition together. Do your part and learn about your condition. Ask questions at doctor visits and make sure you understand instructions. It may help to bring someone to your appointments who can help you remember to take medications as instructed and follow advice about diet and exercise. For more information and stories from patients living well and with common heart conditions, visit Cardiosmart.org. I'm Aileen Black. And I'm Gigi Shum. Together, we host Women of Washington. You'll hear the inspiring and amazing stories of women who have paved their own path to success and achieved incredible milestones in their careers. Some have leaned in. Others took an unconventional approach. All have made an impact on the business landscape of Washington, D.C. and beyond. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 1 for Women of Washington, Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Women of Washington. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast. David Nellis, Sam, oh, it's getting boring. Sam Nellis, Jason Nellis, and Tessa, Tess, say hi. Hi. Oh, there's Tess, okay. Um, and we're back with Jordan. Um, I guess one of the things I want to ask is when you are successful the way you guys are, at some point you want to expand, but what do you do? Do you run out of land and then is that just tough noogies or do you buy, you know, land? 
in other spots and start farming there? What do you do? Well, the, the big thing for us that we sort of focus on is doing single vineyard blend. Is we're constantly looking for that new, exciting vineyard all over Virginia, trying to find a place that we can showcase. So our expansion kind of comes organically just by the nature of our current Now, are you plan. taking other people's grapes more than you were before, or are you buying literally buying up? We will lease the land from them. So Got what it. we do is we'll find a vineyard that is planted to the right varieties for the right site that's creating interesting grapes, and we will lease the property so that we can farm it the way that we want to farm it um, to ensure it's the same sort of quality that we're going to Then I assume these are like 99-year leases. they got to be for a while because you're going to tear up their land and do your thing. No, I, I tend to try to find stuff that's already planted to the right varieties. I mean, I don't go and just lease barren land and go at it. All right, well, so what about this article in the Post today on page G3 that talks about, it says the the title's Virginia's Wine Squeeze, and it says that that vineyards basically can't keep their wines on the shelves, and people are, you know, they're running out of inventory, and so doesn't that mess up the people you're leasing from that produces what they can produce, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's hard for, I mean, people like leasing to places like us because essentially... It's expensive to grow grapes, so therefore it's not really profitable. So they'd rather actually sell it or just lease it to somebody like us to take on that risk because we turn it into value added. I mean, you got to take it a little bit with a grain of salt, too. I mean, you've got 275 wineries that are still open seven days a week. So, I mean, there's still wine there. Well, and it's also like everything is always running into shortages. You know, yeah. when whiskey got popular, whiskey was... I don't have trouble finding whiskey at the store. That's right. I mean, you know? I think it was two years ago you asked me. I about think we're the hearing from wine. the cause of the whiskey shortage. There was a worldwide wine shortage two years yeah. ago or something like that. Like, I don't know, man. I can still pick up whatever I want when I right. want. Yeah. So. Did that drive the prices up, though? Absolutely. We'll take any excuse to do that. That's right. <laughs> Julia, Jordan yeah. should not be having a third yeah. child. He's a bad guy. There we go. Uh, all right, so what are we drinking now? What's this? Uh, so this is the Tranquility. So this is one of the other uh, vineyards that we lease. This is just outside Percival, a uh, really neat spot where we just have Cabernet planted and Tanat. It's the it's one of two vineyards that we found where Cabernet Sauvignon we find we can ripen pretty well here. Um, just like the growing season, it's tough in spots, but we love this vineyard. It's yummy. I would wrap some of this uh, with Serrano. Ham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be talking about that in a minute. I'd stick some of that in your mouth and then try this wine. It'd be good. All right, so let's talk about Epicureans, Virginia. Who wants to talk about that? We've got uh, Amy Henkel in from Lost Creek Wines, Tony Stafford from Ford's Fish Shack, who brought in oysters, which oysters. are a kind of fish, and uh, and uh, Christy Geske, who is from uh, Epicureans, Virginia, right? Yeah. represents it. And is it Geske or Guest? Did I do Geske, it right? Geske, you're perfect. I did. I am perfect. You didn't so get many, it right the first time. But so the many ways. So many, many ways. But all right, Epicureans, Virginia is basically this grand food and wine and, you know, everything else, a festival um, out in Loudoun County on the 14th and 15th. You guys got to help me a little because there's the Loudoun Wine Awards on the 14th at Lansdowne and then the Grand Tasting on the 15th at the Barn at One Loudoun. So... Somebody step up to the plate and tell me about you that. Well, I can start. Yeah, so um, I can start talking about the Loud and Wine Awards. So um, we uh, this is the second annual year that we've done that. Um, it was uh, uh, a really great uh, success. It's it's headed up by the Loud and Wineries Association, and um, this year um, 
We uh, uh, have had the competition in July, so what this is is the awards dinner that'll be taking place. Right, to how kick many off. vineyards got were involved in? Yeah, so we uh, so there's um, we had about 26 wineries that were entered into the competition itself, um, and we have about uh, 30. We had 32 wines that were awarded um, medals, and so what we'll be doing at the gala is uh, is um, pouring those wines. So it's a uh, opportunity to come out and taste the best of Loudoun County. Um, we'll so be- it's a drunken bacchanal. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. It's ancient Rome. Yeah. Come on. But there's food, so we'll be uh, we'll be serving a dinner alongside it. Oh yeah, the food will help. Yeah. Soak up the wine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If, I, if I remember correctly, food didn't help the Romans much. They still yeah. got <laughs> schlonkered and all that. Um, all right, so that's that's on the 14th. How do you get tickets to that? Let's so get you that go out there. to the loudenwineawards.com and uh, tickets are $79 a person. Um, and the event is starts at six o'clock. And Loudon is spelled L O U D O U N, folks. And if you yes. don't know that, you ain't going to the thing. You're going <laughs> to find it. All right, so now let's talk about uh, the grand tasting, which is the next day. At and actually, Christy. there is a combo ticket that we're offering currently, too. So you can get tickets for both the Wine Awards and the festival itself and save some cash. Um, but the festival, the next day, basically, we've got over 30 exhibitors. We have Sterling Restaurant Supply putting on a super cool chef demo stage, which uh, Brian Voltaggio will be headlining alongside Yay, Brian four Voltaggio. other chefs. And uh, he'll be kind of um, exhibiting that new concept, Agio, that he just rolled over from Family Meal in One Loudon. Um, You've got Chris Edwards. Yep, Chris uh, Edwards mm-hmm. from Salamander, Jason Garrison um, from West End, or just <laughs> Garrison from West End Wine Bar. And Jim Drost. Yep, from yeah, Matchbox yeah, yeah. and um, Jason Lage from Market good Table people. Yeah. yeah, we're real excited. So Sterling Restaurant Supply puts on that stage, and then we've actually added a new entertainment stage this year. So we'll have live music and some live art. Um, a lot of new demos this year that'll be really cool. We've got an oyster shocking demo. Uh, Catoctin Creek will be doing a mixology demo, so mm. lots of good stuff. So, Tony, are you a big shucker? Uh, I know my way around the shucking. <laughs> yeah, Tony will be exhibiting this year, um, and so we figured today would be cool well, to get him and Amy in here to yeah. do a little Yeah, and Amy, by the way, we have Danaher in common. Oh, How about that? We? Okay. We'll talk about that after the show. In a good way, we have it in common. All right, so, Tony... Fort Fish Shack. Where is it? Yes, what is it? Give we us the four. Two locations in Rush in uh, Loudoun County. Uh, we have one in South Riding and one in Ashburn. The one in Ashburn is getting ready to celebrate its six-year anniversary. So, my last name is Stafford. Couldn't afford all the letters and the signs, so we shortened it to Fords when we first opened. So that's where the name comes from. Everyone always asks. That's American ingenuity yeah. right there. <laughs> that's where the name comes from. Entrepreneurship at its best. Yeah. We're so. going to make America better, right? <laughs> so we're getting ready to celebrate our sixth anniversary, but we are a New England themed. Fish shacks, scratch cooking, lobster rolls, oysters. Why New England? Are you from New England? Uh, I spent some time up there, but you know, up in New England, uh, there's not, you know, for years and years, seafood was kind of a special occasion food you had to celebrate. And we wanted, I wanted to be able to, you know, have people come in and enjoy a bowl of mussels or oysters and a couple of. well, you wrote in your thing that you want them to enjoy lobster, but you don't say lobster. And I went to UMass, and I can say pack the car. How about pack that? Pack the car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, our oysters are called Wicked Pissa, so we actually trademarked the Wicked Pissa for our oyster, so we actually own the name Wicked Pissa. Can we say Pissa? Yeah, we can say Pissa. That's the eighth word. already been said. That's the eighth word in the seven words. All right. So and at the event, you'll be doing just shucking and... We'll be doing lobster rolls, oysters, and blueberry lemonades. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and oh it's unli- the tickets do include um, unlimited samples for the most part. However, yes. we they're tiny, and <laughs> you do uh, have the ability to purchase full size servings well, of everything. It looks like Tony brought in un- unlimited. I can't even say it. Unlimited samples today. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, you want to try delicious. one? Oh yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> on the, uh, trust me, when Nikki's here, I'm just on this phone, uh, this show for the food. <laughs> and Amy's with Lost Creek Winery, and she's brought along. You can kind of talk about. Yeah. You. Well, let's hear about the wines, Amy. Yes. Yes. So. Um, so the Vineyards and Winery at Lost Creek will actually be at Epicureans as well. Um, we're right outside of uh, Leesburg. Um, we're a boutique winery out there that uh, kind of features in food and wine pairings, actually. So we've had the pleasure of working with Ford's Fish Shack, and we did um, just recently, a couple months ago, a lobster pairing. Um, but uh, what we've brought today... Is that like lobster dating? <laughs> No? It was three wines with three. I don't know. What is are you, I'm sorry. Are you looking yeah. for a laugh? You're not going to get no. one. No, no. It's not coming. Not from, don't bother. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> not from you two idiots, but these guys might laugh. Because <laughs> they're hearing it for the first time. Yeah, like not the 40th. Idiot. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what we brought today was our 2015 uh, Chardonnay. And this is a stainless steel aged Chardonnay, which means it's going to be nice, bright, and crisp. It's going to stand up very well to the, uh, to the oysters. Um, we call it a, uh, uh, it has no oak on it. Um, we, we do quite a bit of Chardonnay and we have it, um, in a stainless steel and a, uh, oaked version as well, mm. but we feel that this, uh, stainless steel with its bright acidity and, um, freshness goes very, very well with the, with the oyster pairing. Gotcha. So. All right. Once more, how do we get tickets to the event, to, to the, the two well, events, to the two events. So the Loudon Wine Awards, if you go to loudonwineawards.com. Right there on the on the homepage, you can purchase tickets for $79 per person. And then for Epicureans? You can go to epicvirginia.com. And there you can purchase either the combo ticket or just the standalone festival and ticket. And if you can't remember any of this, go to the thelistareyouonit.com. Nikki's got everything about the event right in there. All right, ladies, thanks so much. Thank oh, and you. Tony, you're not a lady. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. Okay. So here's an interesting story about two brothers. Here's a story. About oh, two brothers. <laughs> Alonso and Ovaro Roche opened Tapa Bar in Bethesda. It's a very upscale, but not too upscale, uh, casual uh, Spanish restaurant there. Um, and that's interesting, and it's great, and Bethesda needs that. We live there. We're all... Oh, very cool. Yeah. But your background story... Come on up to the mic, son. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you know, Alonso's a chef, but you didn't start out to be a chef. And Correct. Alvaro was in the fashion industry as a designer living in Spain and Italy. I don't know why you left that, but <laughs> for Bethesda. But um, uh, tell us about that first and how all this happened. Well, um, you know, I was um, I went uh, actually with I'm an Ithaca College grad as well, and I went to school up there to study communications. I started in television for a long time. But dad's a film director, or father's a film director. I'm so, available, by the way. <laughs> uh, as am I. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So somehow I, my, I always had a passion for food, and I worked in TV for about 10 years or so, and then I ended up uh, just uh, getting out and uh, going to culinary school, and um, and the rest is kind of history, you know? My brother, he can tell you a little but bit why, more about what, what happened? Like, was it just another way of expressing your artistic sensibilities? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been into cooking i used to live in vermont that's where i first actually went uh, and learned english we were from venezuela originally so and uh, i i we started i started as a baking uh, bake sales you know for raising money for the 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 school trip and that's what where i started uh, with my passion for food so that was 12 really? years old yeah my father's a crazy yeah. cook he yeah. cooks 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously, he's not big on casting either of you, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I was in a movie when I was. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I remember you. I remember you said, "You dirty brat." <laughs> Why's your Moses now? See, um, so and and then you went to chef school. No, I did. No, no, wait. Oh, oh, I, oh, I thought yeah. you both went to no, chef no, no, school. No, no, right. no. I'm a designer by trade. Went to Parsons in New York and then uh, worked for Gianfranco Ferre. Many many years ago oh. in Italy, so yeah, that's my background. My background is in design, and and the restaurant. I mean, okay, we so love food. Suddenly, but suddenly you dudes, are, suddenly yeah. you dudes are here in Bethesda, and you open a restaurant. Well, I also uh, worked in the food industry. I mean, has been a chef for a long time. Yeah. and his our mother lives in Spain, has lived in Spain in Madrid for thirty years. So that's where the Spanish connection comes in. Alonso spent two years, uh, two, two and a half years. Yeah, so I spent two years there, moved the whole family over there, and uh, worked in, in restaurants over there, and did uh, a lot of teaching, a lot of traveling, worked uh, for a crazy Michelin star chef who uh, was insane but was interesting. <laughs> and uh, and then came back and just reopened right. up uh, Tapo Bar. Tapo all right, bar, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about Tapo Bar and what we can all find there. This is David Nellis with all the other Nellises on Foodie and the Beast. Nikki's in California having fun. But we're having fun here, and we'll be right back. My name is Jim. I'm a veteran, and I lost both legs in Vietnam. My victory was proving that disability is not a limitation. I'm Julius. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. This is John Gilroy. My show, Federal Tech Talk, answers the question, how does technology make life easier for the federal audience? I've spent years interviewing federal CIOs, tech leaders, and big company CTOs. What they tell me is compelling, provocative, and always relevant to the federal government and contractor. Check it out Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Federal Tech Talk. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by Black Restaurant Group. Come to Blackjack the second Sunday of the month for Jock Jams, a high-octane pop-up brunch with Cotton and Reed's Lucas Smith and bartender Trevor Fry. This segment of Foodie and the Beast is sponsored by ProFish, D.C.'s premier seafood company. ProFish delivers only the freshest, safest, and most sustainable seafood. Visit them at ProFish.com. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast. Uh, that last commercial was apropos because I do want to thank ProFish and Black Restaurant Group and Celebrity Cruises for sponsoring the show. If you're not a sponsor, don't be embarrassed. We're going to be celebrating our eighth year next year. We're going to be here for a while, so get on board. All right, so let's talk about Tapa Bar and and your concept for the menu. Right, so, so you know, living in Spain, you know, the food in Spain, the typical kind of Spanish food is very simple. You know, it's all about the ingredients, all about great, great locally sourced stuff you know it's what we've tried to do here is is create something small plates at a great price and the quality top quality is it, stuff is it region specific jason just finished walking the camino so right, yeah. right. I mean, so so we have a little bit of everything right so i'm mostly i'm from you know i lived in madrid so i love madrid type yeah. style food but we also do a lot of stuff from galicia for the northern region some basque stuff some stuff from catalonia we cure our own 
uh, fuet. Which is, is it Galicia or Galicia? Oh, yeah, you can say Galicia. Galicia. Please tell me you have a good pulpo dish. <laughs> we have an amazing pulpo dish. We, we braise yeah. it in red wine, smoke oh. it. And I'll do be there tomorrow. It's Pulpa's <laughs> octopus, right? Yeah. yeah. There yeah, you yeah. go. See? Yeah, First thing I did when I got Hablo to Espanol, amigo. Yeah. Uh, muy bien. And you also, there was a note in there about gin. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm particularly interested yeah. in this. Because <laughs> so, um, he sobered up just with this show. <laughs> so, so, I'm drying out. <laughs> so Spain, you know, um, when I was, I was surprised when I was living there that what people do after dinner is they go for copas, which is uh, either rum and coke or gin and tonic. A lot of gin and tonics. So I'm a huge fan of gin and tonics. So we started making our own tonic syrups. Mm. And so we have a smoky tonic syrup. Mm -hmm. We have a lemongrass tonic syrup. And then we have, we have a kind of a straight up tonic syrup that we all make it in-house. We use different gins. We use a local gin, Green Hat, for one for two of the of the drinks, which is fantastic. The smoky one is fantastic, too, because it has pimenton de la vera, which is a smoky paprika. Mm. Uh, well, so it's, it's infused with that. La Chueca, which is an interesting right. neighborhood in Madrid. And Chueca, which is a yeah, very the, kind the, of the cool neighborhood there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to slobber. <laughs> I was going to bring you some of the syrup, but I just I I was running around this morning, but and then I'm, you guys I'm very mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to come over. And That's the reason Sam showed up. You know, Sam only got home at three in the morning from Red Hen, so he had to crawl in here. That's why he came I had in an early night. I was home at one. What's the deal on these donuts? You guys make donuts too? So the interesting thing we share. We started uh, a place called Bold Bite, which is right next door, mm -hmm. right, when we first moved here, which is burgers and, and salads, because right? Because working for the Michelin star. He didn't right. want to do a restaurant. I didn't want to go to the high end. That's exit, true. You know, so I wanted to get out of it for a little bit. My kids were, you know. So then we started 202 Donuts, which is in the same place. And now we share the kitchen. So Top of Bar shares the kitchen with 202. So we do, and Bold Bite. So we do the, we the restaurant in the morning. And then we, <laughs> we switch the home. kitchen and do no. the... Do the rest yeah. of the stuff. And Sam, the, this is your future, night. man. You sure you want to do this? You're yeah. working harder than you're working now. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's do this. Let's make sure that the world knows where you guys are. Well, actually, you know what? we got about another minute. Let's talk about the interior because you designed the interior of the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I, I was actually in, in fashion for a long time, but I had a lot of retail stores. So I'm used to, I was used to doing retail so it really was just doing another retail store. So it's uh, it's really yeah. Cool. Don't be shy. No, no, it's I really hear cool. It's beautiful. It's very cool. It's uh, it's nice. I I think uh, we've been in Bethesda for a while. I thought Bethesda needed something you know really cool. It doesn't have to be you know just because in Bethesda has to be a little toned down. You it's, won't find it, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's in completely Bethesda. you know it's industrial. It's really cool. It's uh, it well, doesn't look like it's in Bethesda. What's also cool is that I mean Old Georgetown Road has become sort of like the Iron Curtain for just getting across it, yeah. and that side of Fairmont Fairmont yeah. Avenue. On that side of Old Georgetown Road, between Woodmont and Old Georgetown mm -hmm. Road, was kind of dead for a while. Yeah. And now with Mia's, there are a bunch of restaurants yeah. there. And mm -hmm. you're in the old Blackfin yeah. location. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 4901 bye bye. Fairmont Avenue. Yeah. Bye bye, Blackfin. Yeah. Hello, yeah. Tapa. And, you won't recognize it. Well, yeah. and you've got all those new condos up there. Oh, absolutely. So no, 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 that, that side of Bethesda is, is up and coming. Everybody, there's a lot of independent groups, independent restaurants coming up. It's really interesting. All right. So. Yeah. Oh, Let's sorry. just make sure everybody knows your web address. So it's Tapa Bar Bethesda, T-A-P-A-B-A-R, Bethesda.com. Awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, just hit us up, 4901 yeah. Fairmont Avenue. We're, we're there uh, Monday through Saturday for Sam, dinner only. Sam Nellis had right another now. question. Well, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, we grew up in Bethesda, and it's always been a slow, you know, it's always like Bethesda's just about to be like, a cool place right. to be. It's, it's like always for 25 years. But Dude, I, if we were I in Bethesda, like it, it was cool. I feel like it is now. 
I feel like, you know. Well, I think we're getting a lot of more family-owned mm-hmm. kind of small restaurants. There's just a lot of corporate big big restaurants, right. and especially on the on the, on the the kind Federal of realty, the, you could say. the other side. <laughs> but the, the new, the, the old side, which we, where we're at, uh, that's what people call it, is uh, that just a lot of family-owned uh, places. Which is great. Yeah. Sam's cool. been waiting for Bethesda to get cool because he bought a house in Anacostia, which is about 100 miles from Bethesda. Too yeah. late. Well, you know, too late. I got to have but a reason can... to come visit you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not enough. Come and have some good comments. Thanks a lot. That is correct. All right, guys, thanks. Jordan, let's wrap up with you. Got a couple of minutes. Um, um, you always have a pretty full fall calendar of events out there at Tarara. Yeah, we're, uh, we're generally trying to do something fun. So coming up, um, I'd be remiss not to say that the next thing for us is actually we'll be at Epicureans hanging out, so come see us there too. Um, it's it's a cool festival. It's a cool event to really showcase the area, so we're proud to be part of that. We hang out with Wine Kitchen there and do some pairings. Look at that. Epicureans got another plug. I That's right. Yeah. Where's the chair? Oh, no. <laughs> so, and then actually the following weekend is, so the wines that you guys tried today, these are getting released on um, October 22nd, so that following weekend. We do our big uh, annual release of our single vineyards because these are our flagship wines. And uh, even though I said you can get wine all the time, these are the wines that do sell out pretty quickly for us. So they only last for a few weeks, so that's a good chance to come and get them. And then in November is our Tasting with Winemaker series thing that we've been doing. And we, cut, we, I don't know, we buy a whole bunch of benchmark wines from all over the place. We brown bag them. And we make people try to guess, and then we serve them some food. That's so fun. that yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good time, um, you know. And obviously, we throw some of our wine in there and see how they showcase. The way I look at it is, if we don't rank up, generally our wine is about a third of the price of the other bottles that are in there. And if we do stack up, I'm like, yeah, look at that, we rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, last question. When will your wife be doing her big release of the third baby? <laughs> Sadly, for the middle child, it's actually on his birthday. So he's not even going to have his own day. Uh, <laughs> it's February 20th. Well, we have, we have a first middle child who's been screwed up. I was going to say, I would just get the therapy checks ready. <laughs> <laughs> that, feels, that feels really like, like a good investment. You know what's even better? I hope he's listening. This is great. All right, Jordan. Thanks a lot. Well, we, it's almost time to wrap up. I do want to do a, a, a quick plug for a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, we've been telling you about the big uh, celebrity uh, Top Chef crews that we're doing. It's January 28th to February 4th on the Celebrity Reflections, which is one of their best ships. It's gorgeous. Uh, Nikki and I were on it last year. But Nikki curated a great cruise with uh, Mike Isabella and Marjorie Meek Bradley, David Guasp from Bayou Bakery. And if you don't know Bayou Bakery, I don't know why, but you've seen him on the Today Show. And Derek Brown, who is really one of the people that, that – kicked off the the resurgence, the renaissance of cocktails, not just in D.C. and the country. And it's a group limited to, to 50 suites, about half are sold now. Uh, and we're going to be cruising to Cozumel. We're going to go to the Caymans. We're going to go to Jamaica. We're going to go to Hispaniola. We're going to have a blast on this boat. And it's not just, you know, that you'll see the chefs that way. You'll be hanging with them at the pool and in the casino and in the uh, the wine room. Um, they're going to be cooking classes, private tastings, and when we get to Cozumel, we're going to a private beach uh, where Mike and David and Marjorie and Derek are going to cook up a, I, I can't even, it's not fair to call it a barbecue, but it's going to be an event truly to be remembered. So we're going to have a lot of fun, uh, plus, as I've said a couple of times, you get to see me in a bathing suit, which is probably the reason to, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Spoiler. Not great. You know, a couple of people in the uh, studio just got sick. I yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, and you want to go to DC Chefs, 
That's chefspluralcruise.com. All the information's there. And it's 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 great. It's a package deal, um, and it's everything you can ask for on the boat, unlimited beverages, all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope people will come, more people. Um, and then I want to tell you that next Sunday is our eighth anniversary show on the air. The station has graciously given us two hours. It's going to be like the, the Carson Show, where we're going to have a lot of guests uh, who, who haven't been on in a while, but we're on, even a couple that were on our first show are coming back in. Um, uh, Charlie Palmer is going to be on. Uh, Michael Mina is going to be on by phone with David Varley and Adam Sobel from San Francisco. Uh, Mike Isabella, Scott Juneau. Uh, Three Star Brewing's Dave Coleman. A lot of these people were first on the show when they were just like, Dave Coleman was literally had just founded the brewery the day before, I think, he and Mike McGarvey, and now they're huge. They're up and down the East Coast. It's going to be a lot of fun. So please tune in. It'll be next Sunday from 11 to 1, all live. Most of the people in the studio, it's going to be a hoot. We're going to have about 70 people in here. Uh, So going to be fun to get them through. Hopefully they don't bring oysters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Somebody better. <laughs> By putting them on this show, they better bring food. That's it. Uh, again, that's the only reason I'm on this show. I'm just standing in for Nikki today. So listen, I want to thank everybody. This is a great show. Alex and Will and actually, we're going to be in Bethesda. I'm going to drop by Top of Bars Open today, yeah? No? You're not open on Sundays? Why? Because you're here? You lazy bumps. All right. Uh, Then we'll come out there anyways. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in and everybody for showing up. And we will see you next week. And this is uh, David and Nikki signing off in absentia. Have a delicious week. WFED Washington, WWFD Frederick, WWWTFMHD2 Manassas, WTLPFMHD2 Braddock Heights Frederick, the Washington, D.C. home of Navy Athletic.